this is where we're live from the 2018 Scribblers Festival from the Conversation Caravan. There we go. Yeah, no, this is me. This is me, AF Harold, here in a caravan in Perth uh, with two young ladies about to ask me questions. So, welcome to the future of podcasting, people. This is where it's all happening. Everyone needs a small caravan. Which style of poetry do you think is more effective? One that rhymes or the one that doesn't rhyme? Well, it depends what you want to do. Uh, If you want to make someone laugh, it may be rhyming is easier. If you want people to remember your poem, it's easier to remember things that rhyme because they're like songs then, aren't they? But it may be that you don't want to rhyme because rhyming might be distracting the person leaving might be going, oh, I know what's going to come up next, I know what's going to come next, so they won't be listening to the actual words. They'll be too busy going, I know what rhymes with bucket or rabbit or sausage or silver. Or it's very good if they do know what rhymes with silver because very, very little does. Uh, so... Orange doesn't rhyme with silver. What are you talking about? Oh, God, Chantreur. Or orange. Or orange. Yes, because the only word that rhymes with orange is orange, which is uh, a sausage made of citrus fruit. Door hinge. That's pretty good. But, dude, you're not on this podcast. You you (laughs) sit in the corner and be quiet, okay? How do you create the main characters in your stories? Uh, I sit at uh, a thing called a desk. I don't know if you've ever um, ever met a desk. Uh, it's 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 wooden and it it's flat. And so I sit at the desk, and on top of the desk is a, a keyboard, not a com- not a music, not like a piano, oh. one one with letters. Yeah, qwerty keyboard, and I I just hit the buttons on there, and on the screen, glowing screen in front of me, appear words. Ooh. I just wrote that, did I? Mm-hmm. And that way I discover what the characters I'm creating are like. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just okay. sort of bang away and see what happens. Um, it's, it's possibly not the advice your listeners are looking for <laughs> on their creative <laughs> writing classes, but this is, this is the, the nuts and bolts of actually writing books. So what do you usually do when you get a writer's book? When I get a uh, writer's book, there are a couple of things that are useful. One is having a bath. Uh, baths are, are great. Uh, going for a walk, um, visiting a school. I do a lot of school visits. I do a lot of sort of reading poems in assembly and doing workshops with kids. Take one of your books in your pocket, rock up to school, go look. I wrote this book, and then you get into assembly and you read some poems and you ask the kids some questions, uh, and they give you really good ideas because, and then you steal their ideas. And as long as you publish those ideas before the kids do you're all right. Oh, yeah. good advice. Yeah, no, excellent advice, I reckon. How do the ideas for your poems come to you? The ideas for my poems, partly stolen from children, yeah. as uh, discussed there, partly from, from real life. Sometimes I sit down and I, I'm having a, a bacon sandwich, say, for, for breakfast in the morning, and I think to myself, this is lovely. Lovely bacon sandwich makes me very happy, but tomorrow I'm going to want to have another bacon sandwich. And and that requires you being able to afford another bacon sandwich. And that means you need to be able to pay for bacon, pay for bread, pay for electricity, for the toaster there. Uh, and that makes me think, do you know what? I need to write some more poems so that people can pay me money <laughs> to hear the poems or to read the poems in a book so that I can afford to buy more bacon sandwiches. Is there a certain author that inspired you to be one? Um... There's this thing in my house called a mirror, 
I don't know if you have those in Australia. <laughs> and every now and then I look in there and I think, what a handsome devil you are. I just want to be more like you, famous children's author A.F. Harold. Uh, and that, that inspires me to keep doing it. And then there are ones uh, who, who are just funny and delightful that you, you meet at things like this. Uh, and I just think, oh, you're so much nicer and more delightful than I am. Maybe I should try to be like you. So many authors all over the place. Current author at the moment, Robin Stevens. I don't know if she's big down here. Robin Stevens back in the UK writes these brilliant murder mystery books about two girls, two 13-year-old girls at school in the 1930s who keep solving murders. I look at Robin and her books and I think those are really good books. I wish I could be more like you. She's a lady with an American accent, so I'm not doing great at the moment. <laughs> But one yeah. day, one day, who yeah. knows? You'll yeah, get yeah, there eventually. yeah, yeah. Reach for your dreams. Yeah. That's what I say, guys. What do you most enjoy about writing books for children? Uh, well, I there's a c couple of things. One, they're shorter than writing books for grown-ups, and I <laughs> quite enjoy plus. getting to stop sooner. Mm -hmm. But one of the great things is getting to meet guys like you, or going into schools, or coming to festivals like this, and meeting kids in the audience, because kids in audiences are brilliant because they're interested, they've got ideas, they want to join in, uh, they're full of positivity and energy. And if you're a grown-up author and you go and do events, you've got a room full of grown-ups looking at you and judging you <laughs> and going, uh, I found your book uh, deeply interesting and it made me feel that the human condition is something that is a serious thing that I'm going... Whereas kids go, uh, on page 53, why is there a bum? Uh, and it's <laughs> and they're, they're just much more fun to work with you guys. in your book The Imaginary based upon anyone you know in real life? Uh, yeah, Amanda, who's the, the main hero in, uh, or one of the, the kind of sort of two chief protagonists in The Imaginary is based on you, uh, Chantrea. Uh, Thank you. I mean, even though it's, it's strange, even though I've only just met you just 10 minutes ago this morning, uh, it turns out this book I wrote five, six years ago, turns out you are the model for Amanda there. Uh, bright, uh, Sparky, full of imagination, intelligence, oh, asking. I'm so I, I know, I know. <laughs> um, and Mr. Bunting, the villain in, in the imaginary, Mr. Bunting is a big, fat, bald bloke uh, with a big, big mustache and dark glasses. He was based on uh, my friend David uh, <laughs> with, with, a, with a mustache added on. Uh, and David even wears the sort of bright shirts that Mr. Bunting wears. And when Emily, Emily Gravett, who did the pictures for that, came to illustrate it, I sent her his um, sort of Facebook page so she could look at pictures of him uh, <laughs> to draw him. But I should say, my friend David doesn't eat imaginary people, as far as I'm aware. It's only the look of him oh. that Mr. Bunting is based on, not that's, the actuality of him. Yep. Um, but most of them I, I made up or drew out from parts of my deep psyche. When you were a child, did you have an imaginary friend like Roger? You see, I say no, but then at the book launch for the imaginary, my brother was there, I've got a big brother, he's six, seven years older than me, and, and somebody asked me this question, I said, oh no, no I didn't. And then afterwards he came up to me and said, you did. 
By that voice? That exa- voice? Exactly oh that voice. Wow. Uh, you did. And uh, I've never asked him about it since, because I'm a little afraid that he'll do that voice again. It's a natural part of growing up, so maybe I did, and I've simply forgotten it, like Amanda's mum forgot about Fridge uh, in the in the book. Yeah. Fridge the dog. Fridge is Isn't Fridge the, just the yeah. best character? Yeah, he is. Oh, Fridge He's is the highlight of the book. Yeah, no, he yeah. is lovely. And what what makes it even better is that Emily is so good at drawing dogs. She does that. There's an amazing yeah. double page picture of Fridge running. I won't spoil it, but it's a dog that runs. Um, so <laughs> if if that has ruined the book for you, I know. If that's ruined the book for you, I'm sorry. Uh, go read another book by me. What is the weirdest word you've ever heard of? Uh, the weirdest word I've ever heard of, Grundy. What is is that? Is there something Australian about Grundy? Does Grundy mean Grundy. something? Ted Grundy. Who was Ted Grundy? Do we know who Ted Grundy? Grundy. A Grundy something with underwear. I see. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking. It's. I'm thinking. It's a portmanteau of two words. I think it's. It's a grotty underwear. I think it's dirty <laughs> pants that you know you're on the oh, third your third day of wearing. You know you've turned them back Ew. to front. You yeah. turn them inside oh. out. As I think the guy in the Incredibles. Okay. No, on um. Big sit. What's the film with the big inflatable friend? The Big, and Hero, big Hero Six. Yeah. There's the guy in there who's the, like, dude, who wears them forwards and backwards and inside out. Then the uh, fourth day they go in the wash. So yeah, maybe Grundis, which is a word I may have just invented to describe <laughs> to describe grotty, crusty underwear okay. you've worn for far too long uh, because you've been on tour in Australia. Yeah, 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 no, I think that's the right right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, don't blame me. You're the one who asked the question. That what did you expect me to say? Did you expect me to go, oh, uh, prestidigitation? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay, prestidigitation, that's a lovely word. It means uh, sleight of hand, you know, doing illusionism, uh, magic with you. Yeah, I'm waving my hand around on the radio here. Uh, so I reckon everyone at home understood that. Uh, or flocky knocky knee hillipilification is always a good word as well, isn't it? Uh, off your tongue. It does, it does, which means the, it's, it's the act of esteeming something as worthless. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's a good word. Uh, another question. Who, who or what inspires you most when you are writing? Who or what? Uh, there is Susan, who is on my chest here, who is one of my cats, uh, knowing how to feed her. I've got a signed self-portrait by Leonard Cohen up there, who is a great singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful, beautiful songs that he did. There, I've got a picture of Frank Zappa drawn by Calvin Schenkel, a great uh, Californian artist there. Frank Zappa, a great musical hero of mine there. So I've got these things on my wall that I sort of look up from behind my computer and just see them there. uh, And they inspire me to keep going because they're all artists that I respect very much. I think, yeah, if you did it, I'll, I'll give it a go. What is the most challenging thing you find when you write? Ah, uh, getting to the end can be tricky. It's re- it's really really easy to start things. Yeah. It is so easy to write a first page or even a first chapter, but then sticking with it all the way to the end because you start off something and you're like, oh yeah, this is cool. This is the best thing. I'm enjoying it. It's really great. And then you, as you write, you sort of you're going uphill with the writing. And you reach this bit where you're almost at the top of the hill, and it's like really hard to keep the story going to keep moving and you know there's a point that 
you get over the top of the hill and the sort of last third of the book is sort of downhill as all the you've done all the plot and you're just bringing things together then it's like yeah. free wind downhill on your bike but that bit in the middle can be really really hard <laughs> When you were writing Fizzlevert Stump and the Supermarket Showdown, did you find it hard to come up with the names? I find it quite easy to come up with comedy names there because you just have to be a bit silly and find something that sounds a bit daft. And I think the supermarket manager there is is Mr. A Pink Bottle. Yes. Yeah, Am I thinking that right? And he's called Pink Bottle because originally... I was thinking that he might be related. There might be a big reveal where he's related to the villains from the first Fizzlebert book, who are Mr. and Mrs. Stinkthrottle. And so they had a rhyming name. But then that turned out to be a bit too complicated. And what if people yeah. haven't read the first book? So he remained just Pink Bottle there. Um, I don't remember any other names in there, but I'm sure they're brilliant. Yeah. In the fourth book and in that last book, there's a strong girl, a junior strong girl, yeah. really good lifting heavy things up. And she's called Alice Crudge. You hear that and you don't think, oh, glamorous show business. You <laughs> think of words like sludge and crud and things like that, sort of crusty, muddy, mucky yeah. things. It's a... <laughs> so, yeah, no, I enjoyed coming up with the names. Uh, thank you. Well, good question, that one. I like that one. I can't not mention your bit as it, as it is you, obviously you could, such a big part of you and your creative process. Have you ever heard of and met someone with pogonophobia? Oh, so uh, pogonophobia is somebody who's afraid of beards. <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. we have, we, we're actually quite crowded in this caravan yeah. now with lots of onlookers. Are there any pogonophobics in the room? Okay, the, the <laughs> cameraman is holding his hand up there, so I'm going to get close to him with my beard. And, and, <laughs> and listeners on the podcast, you can judge what happens here. So in answer to your question, yes, I have been close to someone with pogonophobia, <laughs> uh, and it was a highly enjoyable experience. It was very funny. Yeah, no, we enjoyed it all here, yeah, didn't we? I don't know if he enjoyed poor, it, Poor dude. What elements do you think makes a good story? Oh, I think uh, gold, gold, iron, <gasps> argon, uh, uh, presiodinium. Uh, and uh, helium, helium for oh. sunshine. Yeah, those are my favourite elements. Oh yeah, no oxygen. Well, I mean, we we could we could add in uh, uh, antimony, arsenic, aluminium, selenium, and hydrogen and oxygen, nitrogen and rhenium, and nickel, neodymium, neutrinium, geranium, and iron, americium, ruthenium, uranium, europium, zirconium, lutetium, vanadium, and lanthanum, and osmium, and acetine, and radium, and gold, and protactinium, and indium, and gallium, iodine, thorium, and thulium, and thallium. Um, if we wanted to, but we don't need to, I don't think. No, I think we have a pretty good list. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. List a good, good start. Uh, thanks to Tom Lehrer for that. <laughs> any more, any more, any more, any more. Okay, well, more questions, more questions. One that me and Chantra are very curious about. Oh, yeah. In the word scent, do you think that the S-C-E-N-T... Like smell. Yeah, yeah, like the smelly things, yeah. Do you think the S is silent or the C? It's, it's a very good question. I think the letter C is entirely... I think we should throw the letter C out. Because yeah. as you've spotted, out of the English alphabet, we can throw the letter C quite happily. We don't need it. Uh, what about cat? You spell C. it with a K. What about Shantraya? We spell it with an SH. See, there are very few situations... What about where cheese? Oh, yeah. We just eat it and never talk <laughs> about it. 
No, I, th- I think we just we just never talk about cheese, never talk about church, never talk about that. We just eat them, just go to them, but as a secret. What's next? What's next? Which is your favorite genre and why? I enjoy uh, slightly odd books. If slightly odd is a genre, so something, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so something like the imaginary, yeah. for yeah. example, isn't a fantasy book. No. Like, but it's it's sort of set in the real world, but it's sort of something sideways happens. I don't know what you call that genre, but I quite like those where it starts off perfectly normal and then something oh comes in. But yeah, yeah, so so we'll go with that one. Okay. I like funny books as well. You're gonna ask me the tree question. Yes. You're gonna ask me the tree question. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's all say it together. If um, you had um, a story about the last time you climbed a tree, would it be a comedy or a comedy? comedy. Uh, it would be a sad teenage coming of age sort of YA book of a sad <laughs> lonely boy with no friends sat up a tree reading a book because nobody much liked him. Uh, so if that's a tragedy for you, fine. Uh, if it's a comedy, fine. But I think I think, comedy. yeah, a tragic comedy. Yeah, yeah. I think I, th- I think we'll 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 go with that. But yeah, but one of them teenage sort of YA <laughs> books with people going, ah, I, I fancy her, but she doesn't fancy me. Oh, I'm so sad. Oh, hair, I've got hair under my armpits. It's really bad. Oh, that's embarrassing. Oh, why doesn't she fancy me? That would be my last tree climbing story okay. i reckon okay. Hooray! Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for the questions and thanks for okay. pointing at my cat. There we go. There we go. Cat. All for the listeners at home. Uh, thanks very much, guys. So that's all. Today with AF Harold. See ya. Bye. Cheerio. You are listening to a podcast interview from a Scribbles Festival. Conversation Caravan 2018.